Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening. Um, I'm actually not going to say too much about 20 schemes because I, this, the video is Tuesday. Right, there's going to be, uh, I'll be back again on Tuesday. Um, just um, sort of introduce myself, Mes McConnell. Um, I am a minister, a pastor in a council scheme, a housing estate in the east end of um, Edinburgh in Scotland. And I also uh, operate and founded a ministry called 20 Schemes, where we want to plant 20 gospel churches in 20 of Scotland's poorest housing estates. So in Scotland, 40% of the population live in council estates. And currently, um, well, 50 years ago, uh, gospel ministry was thriving in council estates through mission halls, gospel halls. Um, There are less than a couple of hundred believers left in Scottish housing schemes. There is 0.2% Bible-believing Christians left in Scotland as a whole. And so the situation out there is pretty dire. Uh, The situation on the schemes where I come from is even worse. I've been invited to give my testimony tonight, but actually I brought along a friend, Stephen. He's a a baby Christian. He's a big, mean-looking fella. Um, And he was when we found him. Um, He's recently come to the Lord, so try and smile and look, look welcoming, not be too frightened. Um, of him. Stephen's going to just come and share for a few minutes about how he came to Christ, and then I'll come up and share a little bit m- about my story as well. Stephen. Good lad. Amen, right? I first met Stephen when he came in the church and wanted to stab me in the face. He's a big boy, isn't he? So, but I'm a quick runner. So, yeah, so a little about me. You can tell by my accent that I'm an Irishman, can't you? I was actually born in Donegal, and... I uh, actually lived in Belfast as a boy. Uh, my parents abandoned me when I was a child, a baby, and I grew up in care, actually, largely here, until the age of seven. And then in 79, at the height of the, the troubles, as we know, uh, I was shipped to uh, a big children's institu- institution in England, and uh, hence the accent. And I grew up in institutions all over uh, the United Kingdom. And I, was, I went from... Um, children's home to foster carer to children's home constantly. Uh, my dad was um, a bit of a drinker, a lot of a drinker and a lot of a gambler and was in and out of my life sporadically. Um, and I finally sort of came out and lived with my dad when I was about 12 or 13 years old. At that point, I, was, I had what we call little man syndrome, you know, angry against everybody in the world. Um, a mess, institutionalized. Um, I experimented with drugs for the first time when I was 12. Um, between the ages of 12 and 16, got really involved in gangs in council estate where I grew up, uh, where I spent a lot of time um, involved in robberies, uh, mugging people, hurting people, um, involved in drugs, heavily involved in drugs. Um, And by the time I was 16, I was living full-time on the streets. My life was a mess. I was a mess in complete denial. Um, By the time uh, I was 18, I had robbed a bank 
and had fled to Spain. And by the time I was 21, I was in a maximum security prison. And that's lovely, blah, blah, blah. That's the story. Now, along the way, I met Christians. The first time I met a Christian was when I was 19 years old. I was homeless, dealing drugs on the streets. And I, I, I remember meeting these Christians. They were all sort of squeaky clean, sort of center parting, nice teeth. Um, you know what I mean. And uh, a bit weird. Um, they look, I thought they were CID. They sort of pulled up in a car, said, oh, have you heard about Jesus? No, we hadn't. Um, and they began to play football in a community center where we hung out. And then at halftime, they'd give a little Jesus-y Bible talk. Um, I didn't really take too well to the G's, to being told by a lot of posh, well-dressed people what a sinner I was. Uh, since I'd been dragged up and abused most of my life, I wasn't having any of that from these people. Um, I remember as a kid growing up on the, one of the estates, and there was a big red church on our estate, big building, perfect red brick, perfect manicured lawns, and... Um, the only people you usually saw going into this place were men in suits and women in posh frocks. And it certainly wasn't a place for, for people like me. Um, it was church for us was for posh people and dead people. And we only ever entered churches for weddings uh, or funerals. And, and otherwise, the church was completely irrelevant uh, to our lives. It was as I was growing up, it was as I met these Christians um, and um, their gobbledygook about Jesus and God and uh, sin and all this stuff was completely alien to me. I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. This is 20 years ago. I've been a Christian for 20 years and the gap between the church and people from our culture now is as huge um, as it has ever been. Now, when I met these first Christian, these, these Christians for the first time, um, I spat on them. I threw bricks at their cars. I was actually arrested the first time I met Christians for breach of the peace. Yeah, um, and um, you know. What was interesting about the first few times I met them, I was sort of interested in what happens, you know, after death. What, what's life all about? But the pressure of being on the streets and being a lad with my pals, it was far greater to stay there than it was to join some sort of little weird Christian group and go to church. I mean, that was just like the most bizarre thing in the world. Anyway, when I ended up in maximum security uh, prison, I was on my own, and um, some Christians came to visit me, the same Christians I used to spit at and abuse, and that really shook me up, and in fact, it shook me up so much, I actually went to the prison library and stole a Christian book. Um, you know, I thought, I might as well steal it, because what's the worst that can happen, right? I mean, I'm in max secure. It's not going to get much harder than that. I didn't want to be seen having like a Christian book or anything, so I stole this book, I read it, thought it was nonsense, um, threw it away. And then when I was due for parole, because I'd been homeless for six years and I had no address to be released to, they weren't going to give me parole. And these Christian men said, why don't you come and live at our house? 
Remember, I'd abuse these guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come to your house. Um, but if you, you know, if you try and brainwash me, I'll do bad things to you. And they were like, no, 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 it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So I went to this Christian's house. I remember the first time I went to his house, it was sort of all nice and clean. And I felt all dirty and um, unworthy. And, and these Christians, they did weird things, like um, they sat round a table and prayed over vegetables. And um, it was a bit creepy the first time I saw that. I'm like, what are these people doing? Um, and they just seemed to speak a completely different language. I mean, to me, I was 23 years old. I'd never sat at a table and had a meal before. Um, never mind, you know, used a knife and fork and all that jazz. Um, and, um, yeah, it was weird. Anyway... I mean, they were talking to me about Jesus, these people. I was still taking drugs and, and messed up. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'll go to church. I'll give church a bash. I thought I got to know these fellas a little bit. I trusted them. So I, I went to church. And, oh, it was in, actually in Wales, a Welsh church. And, oh, my goodness, it was like the worst experience of my life. Everybody sang about joy while looking the most miserable I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's the creepiest, weirdest thing ever. And uh, they used to stand up and sit down, and they all seemed to do it in time. And I'm like, what? And then the guy would get up to speak, and he would, like, pray in sort of old English. And, um, man, church was a freaky place. And then the pastor would say, and you know that story in the Old Testament when this old dude did this to this old dude? And I'd be sitting there thinking, I haven't got a clue what you are talking about. Everybody dressed posh, and I just felt so out of place. Um, it was scary. But I was, you know, I, I hated church, but I was interested in Jesus. I quite liked Jesus, because he was quite annoying to the establishment, and that quite appealed to me. And so I found a book in this guy's house called a Matthew Henry Commentary on the Bible, I mean, that's a big boy, right? I mean, it took me and a friend to get it upstairs, but we did it. And, um, and so I thought, you know what? I mean, I thought it was a Bible. I'm going to read this bad boy. And so I did. So I got converted reading the Matthew Henry commentary. Now, the Bible. Do you know where I got really banged? In the book of Romans. Romans wrecked me. I'd been told by care workers, social workers, psychologists, you know, everybody, that I was a victim of circumstance. If I'd have been from a good home and a good background, like, like the mayor, um, <laughs> I, I could have been mayor, mayor. And I, I'd have had the bling. Do you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> you know... And they, and, they, and, they, and they told me all this chat, you know, well, you, you, bad circumstances, la, la, la. And then I'm confronted with Paul in Romans saying, all the sin and fall short of the glory of God and no one's without excuse. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Paul, calm yourself. 
What about me? I was at a terrible childhood. I was deprived of this. And um, I was really convicted of my sin reading Romans. And I actually became a Christian, confessed my sin, gave my life to Christ on a park bench. Um, And, um, you know, there were no angels. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel any different at all, actually. I just wondered what had happened. I went to church, talked to a friend of mine. I said, I think I've become one of you Christian-y people. Um, is there like a sort of special prayer or something you say to make sure you're in the club? He just sort of prayed with me. And then he began to meet with me. And at this point, I was, a f- I was your worst nightmare. A guy who discovered Jesus, read Matthew Henry, and wanted to know every single thing about the Bible. And it didn't matter who you were. Um, if I thought you were a Christian, I would hammer you for four hours on questions. I'm not trying to catch anybody out, but because I was fascinated. And it took me time in the early days to understand. I went back to church. It was a struggle. I even bought a shirt and tie to try and fit in. Because I thought, that's what Christians do. It's like a uniform. But thankfully, as I matured, I realized I didn't have to do that. And... Um, you know, the, the place where I grew up um, that was so alien and foreign to me and full of people who were so unlike me has turned out to be the place that has saved my life. Most of our friends are dead. Almost every boy I grew up with is dead. Every single one, almost, to a man that I started drugs with is gone. And I stand here only because of Jesus Christ. God has been kind to me. I've been married for 17 years to Miriam, who is a wonderful girl, comes from a Christian home. I have two wonderful daughters, Kezia and Lydia, and a great ministry in Scotland. There are countless Steve's in our church, countless women as well, who've turned from horrific lives and have been saved by Jesus Christ. And as I'll tell you on Tuesday, there are untold millions in the United Kingdom who are living in council estates, and they feel the same way I used to feel about the church. It is just a scary place full of people not like them. And they need to know that Jesus is real and that the church is not irrelevant. So please pray for us. Um, Pray for Stephen, pray for me, pray for my family, and pray for the work of 20 Schemes as we share more with you this week. Thank you very much. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.